Well, happy Mother's Day. Um, as you can see, the title of our sermon this morning is going to be Priorities for Christian Moms. Now, we know that originally I was scheduled to teach on the schemes of Satan today, but I got some really good encouragement throughout the week, very gracious, loving encouragement that I should reconsider my sermon topic for Mother's Day. And so I did reconsider it. In fact, I also heard a lot of mother-in-law jokes, but I'm not going to get into any of those that they were saying that was an appropriate topic. Um, but I just think, uh, you know, Mother's Day, it actually was not hard to kind of push me towards something on Mother's Day because, man, I love moms and I love the concept of being a mother and just what an incredible blessing that is. And just as I think about the moms that I know in my life and my own mom and even, even my wife, Michelle, I am just so thankful for the love and the sacrifice that moms make for their kids. And it just is an incredible thing. And a lot of times they're missing the appreciation that they really need. I, I'll never forget um, uh, the stage in our life where Michelle, she went to this group. It was like a mom's group. There was like 300 moms there. And they gave an award for the most kids under five. And Michelle got that award. And right around the same period of time, I remember coming home. And when I walked through the door, Michelle looked just like she looked when I left. She was still like in her bathrobe and I saw like a cup of coffee sitting over in the living room and I just walked in. It's been the end of the day and I just said, so Michelle, um, what have you been doing today? And uh, I will just tell you that was not received well. Um, I do not get an award for being a very sensitive husband. Um, but Michelle just kind of said, well, you're about to find out what I've been doing all day. And so for the next week or two, she's like, no more dishes, no more laundry, no more cleaning up. You're going to get home and walk into a house and see exactly what I've been doing all day. So a lot of times, you know, that is just so true that when we're not the ones living it, a lot of times we really don't understand the love and the care and the sacrifice that moms make for their kids. And uh, so I'm just very, very thankful for moms. Now, um, I don't know if you have, uh, if you know this, but did you know that Starbucks has opened up again? Uh, we're a big Starbucks family and we love that, but they actually, people have been so cooped up in this COVID-19 thing and, and Starbucks opened up and they've noticed this really weird phenomenon with these pregnancies. Um, and I don't know if you guys got that public service announcement for Orange County. Orange County moms are kind of having an issue now that they've reopened Starbucks. And I just wanted to show you a picture um, of what they're starting to find in hospitals now. It's like these Orange County moms with the opening of Starbucks. Oh my goodness. I don't know. I don't even know what to make of that. But it is just, it's crazy what's happening out there. Hey, let me uh, just share with you a few uh, statistics on moms. Um, this is, and this, I think about COVID-19, there's a couple things here that factor into that. But you, did you know that the busiest phone call day of the day is Mother's Day? Uh, that is crazy. Uh, I know Father's Day gets the most collect calls, but moms actually get the most calls. Um, uh, Mother's Day, and this has got to be painful for all those rec uh, restaurant owners out there, but, but Mother's Day is the number one restaurant day of the year, even more than Valentine's Day. But right now, these restaurants are going to be hurting. They're, they're missing out on their biggest day. Uh, Mother's Day is the second biggest uh, spending holiday other than Christmas. Um, here's, here's a few Mother's Day facts. 
Um, there are about 82 and a half million moms in the United States. And uh, did you know that there are 13.7 million single parents? And about 82% of the single parents who have, have one of those kids, um, it's their moms. And uh, you know, the other thing too about uh, Mother's Day is did you know that church is the highest attended day? Uh, Mother's Day is the highest attended church day throughout the, the year. Um, Easter was first followed by Christmas and then Mother's Day, so it's the third, the third highest. Um, so that, and that just says something about, I think the spiritual commitment, the spiritual interest that moms have in their family, that on Mother's Day, um, people go to church. I just think that that is really, really cool. And so I just want to just say um, just how much, how thankful I am for moms. Now, I'm personally really uh, passionate about moms and dads functioning properly as parents. And I think that that has a lot to do with just my own upbringing. I look back at my life, I am so thankful for some things that happened in my home. Uh, and, I, and I specifically, I think about my mom. When I was growing up, there are three things that really stand out to me. And one of those things is that we went to church every single Sunday. If we were involved in sports, it was like we did sports. It was a big deal if we ever missed church for a sporting event. Basically, everything took second place to church. Um, and so we were just in, in church. In fact, my mom had a C-section on a Wednesday, and by Sunday, she was sitting in church. Um, uh, she had us memorize. I remember as a kid growing up, just memorizing four verses a week. I remember family devotions. And when I think back to those spiritual things that were happening in my life at the time, I did not appreciate them. I did not often enjoy going to church. I didn't want to go to church. I hated memorizing those verses every week. And I just think about so much of those things that my mom was doing that really ended up blessing me were not things that I actually enjoyed at the time. But looking back, was so thankful for. You know, and all of that, you know, I've talked to my mom a lot, and one of the reasons why she was so diligent and committed in those areas was because of some choices that she made in her life. Now, my mom chose to marry an unbeliever, so I grew up in a home that didn't have a focused spiritual priority. And, and when the lights came on for my mom, she disregarded advice when she was dating, and she just disregarded that. She made that choice and the reality started setting in as, as what kind of spiritual impact that was going to have on her kids. And so there were a lot of things in my home that were not the way they were supposed to be. Um, but I have just looked back at the way God used those things that my mom was committed to doing. And I think that that is so true uh, for many parents and for many moms, even though none of us are doing everything per perfectly, none of us are growing up in a perfect situation I think about this proverb, and it says this in Proverbs 6.20. It says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart, tie them around your neck, and when you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. Just, just that picture of the things that your parents and the things that your mom teaches you as a kid growing up, they follow you in your life. 
You know, uh, Mother's Day is wonderful, but it can also be challenging. Uh, that, that woman who, one of those ladies that was the oldest mom to have a baby had been trying for 55 years to have a kid before she finally had a kid. A lot of times that is a, that is a challenge, it's a struggle. Uh, sometimes our moms were not all they should be. In fact, no moms are. Uh, sometimes we look back and maybe we weren't the moms or the parents that we wish that we were. And that's one of the, just the amazing things is that God is so good and it's never too late to start working on things and to just pray about being the person that the Lord would have you be and to pray that he would make up for the ways that we fall short. Uh, I think about uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 28, where Peter says to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus says, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children's or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. I just think about what a blessing it is to be in the body of Christ. And, uh, and the things that we're going to talk about, we're going to be looking at three priorities for moms this morning. But the amazing thing about the body of Christ is that if, if, if we don't have the moms that, that we wish that we would have had, in the body of Christ, there's people to love us and care for us. If we weren't the mom that we should have been to our kids, there's an opportunity for us to be a mom to people within the body of Christ. And, and I just think that is just so awesome. And I think about that in many cases. And I, and I just think about the, the powerful ways that God uses moms. As, as I've heard people's testimonies, actually, uh, as I've heard my kids share their testimonies, um, it's amazing how many people invest spiritually and how often a kid will relate a conversation that they had with their mom that was a spiritually meaningful turning point in their life. God uses moms in powerful ways. And so there are three really important lessons, I think, for moms, uh, moms with kids and, and, and for the body of Christ, for us to be thinking through what are some really important things we can encourage and help moms with. But these are actually priorities for every mom, for every dad, and for every person who attends a church. So the, the message this morning really is for everyone, but I think especially just thinking about the priorities that moms need to have. And these are the three priorities I think about. Number one, understanding our culture. Uh, moms certainly, as they are raising and investing in their kids, and for all of us, we need to think about the culture that we are in. I think a second thing is to not only understand that culture, but even more important is to have a, the purpose of instilling biblical wisdom and that our aim in our kids' lives, that our aim is Christian maturity. Now, those are certainly priorities that we need to have. Um, I just think about Colossians 1.28 summarizes this well, and it just says, we proclaim him, and that is Jesus Christ. Him we proclaim. We warn everyone. And we teach everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. That is our purpose. That's, that's the purpose of every believer's life. That is the purpose of the church. 
that we will love people, that we will care for them, that we will encourage them to be mature in Christ. And that is certainly what every mom wants for their kids. So let's, let's just think about these things. Now, we're going to be uh, looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. And uh, 2 Timothy is a book that the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy at the end of his life. And I just think about Timothy's life. You know, Timothy grew up in a home with, with a mother and a grandmother who were Jewish, but with a father who was a Greek. That's one of the things, and, and when you just think culturally, we don't have a lot of information, but just understanding that Timothy's home was probably in many ways similar to mine. How, how does a Jewish lady in that culture and time end up married to a Greek? And uh, the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy, this is the last letter that he's going to write. So he is communicating things that are of significance. And uh, he opens it up in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and and um, Craig read this this morning, but he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. Man, grandparents need to take these things to heart because we invest in our grandkids. Well, I don't have any yet, but um, first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Um, I just think about the faithful women in our church that are investing and teaching, and I am just so thankful. I think about our, our Discovery Bible study um, with a group of ladies that get together and just learn how to observe and study the scriptures heart to heart, that Tuesday Bible study that we have here, and I think about those faithful uh, ladies and moms, the older women coming alongside the younger women, and I am just so thankful for the moms, the investment, the prayer, the love, the care that I see. 2 Timothy 3, 13 uh, through 17, let me read it, and then we're going to just look at these three things, understanding the culture, investing spiritually, and aiming for maturity in Christ. Let's, let's just read this passage. 2 Timothy 3, thir uh, 13 says this, while evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And we know that that's true for the man of God, but it's true for the man and the woman of God. That's true for everybody. So we need to start by just understanding our culture you know, it is actually really important for us to stay, take a step back and to think about the world and the culture that our kids are going to be growing up in. Uh, to think about the culture that we live in, um, the culture that people in our church are living in. It's important for us to think through our world. And, and just as I was preparing for next week's sermon, which was going to be this week, but just thinking about how Satan is the God of this age and how he has designed 
a world system to corrupt people, to mislead people, to, to fill people's minds with lies and things that aren't true. And that's the culture that our kids are going to grow up and go into. And as a mom, how critical is it for us to understand what's out there? And this is what it says in 2 Timothy 3.13. And this is true then and it's true now. But it just says this, while evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, that, that is the culture that we live in. You know, it's really important to prepare for things before you face them. The best time to train for a sporting event is not at the sporting event. We always practice and prepare for things in advance. And it just says that basically we need to understand that our culture, the TV shows, the whole world system is designed uh, to point people in the wrong direction. When it says evil, that's talking about moral, social worthlessness. Things that are wicked, things that are vicious, degenerate. That's the kind of culture and society that we live in. Uh, there, are, there are imposters out there. Imposters are people who are deceivers. And one of the things that we see in this passage is that a lot of people who are deceiving are themselves deceived. Sometimes the people that are the best at convincing other people to believe lies are the people that believe those lies themselves. And they're proceeding. We have a culture that is proceeding from bad to worse. It is growing. It is maturing in the evil that it's pursuing. And, and we all see that. So we definitely need to understand our culture. And we do that by just paying attention, by being out in it. You know, one of the things that is both a, challenging, a challenge and a blessing is that we all live in it. We're all living in this culture. And so we need to be students of culture. We need to think critically and spiritually and most importantly, biblically about what is going on around us. So the second goal that we have with our kids, first, we want to be aware of where they're headed. But the second things moms need to do is they need to take a step back and have as their goal to instill spiritual wisdom. Look at verse 14 through 16. But as for you, and this is Paul talking to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Um, this is a, a, a commitment that his, his mom had, that his grandmother had from the time that he was young to instill spiritual wisdom. And look at this, verse 15, and how from childhood. You know, teaching spiritual things is not something we wait until later for. Until from childhood, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. This is a personal appeal. As for you, um, this is personal responsibility. He's saying, Timothy, you need to continue in these things that you have learned. To continue is to remain, to, to abide uh, this is a long-term instruction that Paul is saying. It's been going on from the time that you were, you were young. And it says these things that you've learned. And that word for learning is not just intellectual no knowledge. It's practice. It's review. It's living these things out. It's experiencing things. And that's one of the goals that moms have 
need to have for, with their kids is that they are going to train them and teach them and help them in their life experience what it means to apply biblical truth in their life. And it goes on here and it says, and have firmly believed. That's to be persuaded, to be convinced. That's one of the things that moms are doing all along the way as they're raising their kids is to help train their kids to think, to be convinced. And part of that is creating an environment where kids from a young age learn to communicate, where they learn to talk. Um, and that's one of the things I love is, is the moms that I've seen that sit, they have open conversations with their kids. Their kids can just share whatever's going on in their life. And those, that kind of communication and conversation and, and convincing and having an opportunity to really listen and understand and then try to help see truth sometimes or to guide and direct thinking, that is never something that happens accidentally. That's something that happens when it's a focused, purposeful commitment. And uh, this is just these things that have been firmly believed. You know, this starts at a, at a very young age. I remember some of the things that I saw Michelle do with our kids when they were growing up. You know, we thought about um, Jessica and Julianne, and, and a lot of times when you have a baby and a new baby comes home, the, the, the child that you have gets jealous because all of a sudden there's somebody else in the room. And I remember all the thought that went into, how are we going to help Jessica love and welcome Julianne and not be, not be uh, jealous of her? And just the strategy to think that through. And I remember as, as my kids were growing up, Michelle used to always say to, to Jessica, that's Julianne, that's your best friend. And she would always say to Julianne, oh yes, your best friend Jessica. Before they even knew what a best friend was, Michelle was programming them as to how they would think. Uh, teaching kids to share from the time that they're young. I'll, I'll never forget this time that, that Jessica and Julianne are sitting at our counter. And Jessica is probably five, Julianne's about three. And they're sitting there at the counter, and Michelle had really been working on trying to help them develop an attitude of sharing. And, um, and Jessica's sitting there, and they both had received this bag of candy. And so Jessica, like, takes some of her candy, and she gives it to Julianne. And they're sitting at the counter, and Julianne looks at her, and she's got this kind of weird look on her face. And she says, so uh, why'd you give me that? Is that the candy you don't like? And Jessica says, well, no, I was just thinking, what would Jesus do? And that was just such a warming thing to see that happen. And Julianne just kind of looks and she thinks for a second and she says, well, Jesus would have given me the whole bag. <laughs> and uh, we just, man, we just laughed so hard um, just watching that happen. But you want to know something? Those kinds of things, spiritual training. Spiritual training is something that happens from the time kids are very young. Uh, in many cases, you'll have people that they wait for age-appropriate things. They wait till later to teach their kids things. No, you need to teach kids things far before it's on the radar. And that's one of the things that is so challenging uh, for moms is to be with kids all day and to have spiritual things in view. Proverbs 22.6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, he will not depart from it. 
You know, I've heard a lot of people who say, hey, I'm going to let my kids make their own choices. I'm going to let them decide what they want to believe and what they want to do. And I just think, man, what a ridiculous approach to have in life that we're going to let the world train and guide our kids. We're going to let foolishness, bad influences, lies impact the direction that our kids go. No way. And that's the thing for Christian moms to be so dedicated and committed to training kids to understand spiritual truth and to pursue that in their life. You know, it goes on and it just emphasizes it in this passage. If, if you just look at verse 15 in the middle, it says, how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings you know, childhood, that's like an unborn child, a baby, a newborn, an infant. Like that word includes all of the very young child. And that's when we start training and teaching kids. We teach them about spiritual things. Like we talked about, we, we were talking to our kids about dating before they even knew what dating was. And it's because we wanted to plant all these thoughts um, before they hit that stage in life. You know, his example, Timothy's example was his mom and his grandmother. It says here, knowing from whom you have learned these things. His mom and grandmother, they were reliable resources. They loved him and they lived the truth out in their life. And that's something that he saw. And I think that's one of the most challenging things for moms is to actually live it out, not just tell somebody else, but to have God's, the, the priority of God in your life be something that your kids just see lived out. Um, you know, I think about um, how do we do this? How do you instill spiritual wisdom? I think it's to know God's word, to know what the Bible says, to read the Bible, to understand it and communicate it. Look at 2 Timothy 3.15. It says, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. You know, we can't teach other people God's word if we don't actually know it ourselves. But God's word is such a powerful blessing. Look at Psalm 19.9. It says this. It says, The rules of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. More desirable are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of honeycomb. Psalm 119.65 says, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. You know, that's our, our commitment, is to teach God's word to our kids, to guide and to direct. You know, I think about Romans 3.10, just helping us view, and, and this is basically one of the lies we have in our culture, is that people are basically good, and, and anybody who does something wrong, it's someone else's fault. When the Bible tells us clearly the sin problem that, is, that, that every single person is born with, Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Not one who understands. No one who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they've become worthless. No one who does good, not even one. Proverbs 22.15 says this, Foolishness or folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. You know, it is so important for us as parents to guide and to teach and to contend for our kids' 
faith, to contend for their eternal destiny, to fight to help them see God and value life and value a relationship with God correctly. Like that is the single focus that parents should have and that moms need to have and that as a church we should have. Matthew 20, uh, 16, 26 says, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? We need to be people who use Scripture to instill in our kids spiritual wisdom, to see life through the lens of Scripture. And that doesn't happen unless we see life through the lens of Scripture. And so moms need to do that. That, that is an important thing to, to instill spiritual wisdom. You know, the, one of the things I think about that is just so awesome about Scripture is that it is so practical. Um, there are even verses that are amazing in the practical, mundane things of life. For example, teaching a kid to clean their room. As we study, I was thinking about this, we did a men's breakfast a few weeks ago, and this was one of the Proverbs that we looked at in this men's breakfast. But it's just Proverbs 24.30. It says, I passed by the field of a sluggard, a lazy person, and by the vineyard of a man lacking in sense. And behold, it was overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nestles. Its stone wall was breaking, broken down. And then I saw and considered it. I looked and I received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. You just think about the wisdom in Scripture that, that guide us and teach us and even inform us. And we realize that, that, that teaching a kid to clean their room, those simple things, all those little things that God's Word guides us and directs us in, have lifelong impacts, have a lifelong effect. And as we're teaching these, our, our kids these things, it's to teach them, even in cleaning your room, how does that reflect an attitude of worship, an attitude of a desire to please the Lord, to be productive, to be respectable, um, to, to receive the blessings that God has designed in life, and, and to teach kids to say, you know, I don't have to wait until one day I'm I'm, I'm just in incredible need and not meeting my own needs and not doing anything. I don't have to wait to learn that lesson then. I can look into God's word and I can see what do I need to do today to prepare for tomorrow. And I think ultimately our, our aim ultimately is Christian maturity. Look what it says here, all scripture. This is verse 16 is breathed out by God and is profitable. Every single thing in Scripture is beneficial for teaching. That's what we know for reproof. That's for telling us where we're wrong. For correction. That's for fixing our understanding on things. And for training in righteousness. Practicing to be, to be righteous. That's what God's Word has. It is a treasure. And then here's the the, the aim, Christian maturity. This is why, this is what needs to be in the motivation, the aim, the purpose of every, of every person, of every mom, of every dad. Look at verse 17. That the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
That's, that's adequate. That's to be complete, to be capable, to be proficient, to have everything, all the resources necessary. Man, that, that is a person, um, that, that godly man or godly woman is a person who is going to be an encouragement and a spiritual blessing. You know, we, we live in a, in a tough world where foolishness and destructive thinking is everywhere. And I just think about the diligence, the sacrifice that moms make as they're raising their kids, cooking food, cleaning up after them, teaching them, getting their school things ready, agonizing over them, doing the best they can to help their kids uh, move in a way that is beneficial and positive. And while their spiritual well-being is our primary and in some sense is our only goal, but we want to see our kids love the Lord and do well and to be blessed. And the sacrifices that moms make that go unnoticed, nobody sees it. People don't realize. Um, I, I think about all the things that I missed that Michelle was doing in, in, in uh, the raising of our kids. And I think about all the kids who look back and sometimes can be so hard on parents that love them and a sacrifice for them. And sure, had all kinds of failures, fell short in many ways. But so many times that diligence, that work, that love, that care um, goes unnoticed. And I just want you to know that if you are a mom, God sees and knows the love, the diligence. If everybody misses it, God doesn't miss it. What an amazing thing. You know, God's word is awesome. We need to make sure that as we pursue, as we think about moms and parenting, that we are praying for them that they'll have a good view of culture, that they will be able to instill spiritual wisdom, that they will have as their goal Christian maturity in their kids' lives. Lord, let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for your kindness. Lord, thank you for giving us your word. Lord, it is so easy to get distracted in happiness, uh, wanting to give our kids things, uh, wanting to see them uh, just, just getting the things that they want in life. And Lord, we do want that. We do want them to be blessed. But I just ask that you would help moms everywhere, especially Christian moms, to really focus in on the spiritual well-being of their kids. And Lord, I pray that you would bless their labor. Lord, that you would work in the hearts of, of people, uh, young kids while they're in the home, older kids that, are, that have gone, Lord, that you would continue to work in their lives. And, and as we think about those, those kids that are not walking with you, Lord, we pray that you would draw them back to yourself in your name. Amen.